I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Yeah, and you that dropping can, your voice. That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> Oh, I want to say this. I just want to say it like this, mm-hmm. right? We all we're all going to worry about our math skills. We're all going to worry about our like how well we write. We're all going to worry about like whether or not anything is good enough and all of that stuff. The one stat that I know about people is the stat that is closest to tied like tied to money is your vocabulary. The words you understand. Like that that's the most important like in in my mind like that's that gives you the greatest amount of like um, travel. Mm. You can go in any setting and understand things. And I think that we often discount how well we can understand things because we're used to thinking in different ways. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I mean, this goes back to like what Lederic, I remember talking about, right? But that idea, like so much of maybe what I, I think I'm starting to recognize in myself is just how much like like oral tradition you know like stories talking conversation like my whole life has slowly become increasingly centered around these things and like oh my gosh I looked at it like it's interesting because I kind of looked at when I realized like oh wow like there's certain things that I don't take away from like reading the written word that I take so easily or so differently from someone telling me or talking to me about it and like, how awesome is it that like I found my way into a profession where that's like my role <laughs> is to like be a listener? Uh-huh, no shocker. Yes. Um, but like, it's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, like yeah, it's like the it's like, but goodness, like how? Yeah, like if you were to flip it, it's like okay, fine, maybe I'm not you know necessarily going to process things this way or like on a standardized test regurgitated in this manner or whatever it is however when you actually look at my facility in adapting to novel and potentially even scary circumstances my ability to handle a crisis my ability to like like you said travel like go from setting to setting to setting to setting i wouldn't trade all my masking for the world because like gosh i feel like i can chameleon so well mm-hmm. actually and i don't it doesn't trigger a stress response in me that i think it doesn't i don't i don't know if i register until i have like a sample size next to me like i was on a panel recently and i haven't been in front of people in a really long time and i had this vibe of like i'm nervous i can't uh no words and then i get in that zone and i just love it it's just so fun to me i'm just like haha room of humans oh i can't wait to tell you things and i hope you you know feel less alone or whatever and i it was so interesting because i saw that between our little practice panel and then the actual execution of this panel 
my co my little colleagues who were on this panel also incredible humans but they were just seemed so much more at ease in practicing it than i was and then when we were in the moment i was way more at ease and that was the thing yes. everyone noticed and was like oh my gosh you can be up there it's no problem i'm like huh but if you try to talk to me before that moment i don't know that anyone had any faith in the fact i would even say what i planned on saying you know kind of thing and it's just this, and then I was able to sort of see these these folks who were, again, in planning were so well, like so organized and just seemed like they had it all together. And then they got up there in the moment and they, you know, they're nervous and their nerves overtook them. And it was just, it's like, yeah, it's like all these really yeah. intangible, but really powerful things that I don't know that we give ourselves enough credit for. Right. In that moment, your brain has always been the Ferrari. Yes. It's just like I'm finally on a racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole preach, like, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. That's you driving around a parking lot. You know what's terrible driving around a parking lot? Like a Ferrari. Like, I'm not going to, I don't even, first of all, I don't think I could drive a Ferrari, but like, I'm sure it's not going to like slowly go two miles an hour very No, well. it's going to be I mean? like, like uh, uh, yeah. No. There, oh, oh, oh. I, I can I, can I bring yeah, up something that yeah, happened please. at work? This is okay. So this is we have this. I love the people that I work with. I mean, this is like this is not a you know. I get to brag. I love it. Um, and one of the clinicians I work with, we, we were talking, and I made this statement, and I kind of want to bring it in here. I went, "Oh my god, you're totally gonna kill me. You hate this." But and then I said, <gasps> "Yeah." What I said was that I really like football. <laughs> now, <laughs> right. Now hold on. Now. now we're comfortable enough at work <clears throat> where we can say things to each other and it doesn't feel like someone's trying to like shank me. And they were like, they're like, Hey, why do you, why do you, you say that everyone's why you say like, Oh, don't kill me. But, and then you say something pretty innocuous. Like it's kind of, you know, it feels weird. And I was like, Oh, I don't, huh? Hmm. Oh, oh. And it was, it was like this, the, the, the ADHD neurodivergent insight well opened and I fell down the qualifier canyon, right? Like, all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm, Hello down I'm there. I'm so aware. There. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would tell you it's pretty deep, but I don't want to overstate myself because it's kind of deep, but there might be deeper canyons and I'm not really a judge and I don't spew my coffee. <laughs> but it's deep. Yeah. Like, like, like. And, and, and I think, I think like, Sorry, that was a good. That <laughs> we was all do really, this. That was really great. We, no, but I, I see us all do this. Uh, am I taking up too much space, or am I too loud, or am I talking too fast, or am I moving too much, or like all of those? Like, I'm sorry if I do. And like all these qualifiers creep into like my language at times. So I'll talk about me. Like I see it happen in lots of other people. With me, I've really worked on it because like it's a mixed message in some ways. I, like I want to, like it takes a lot of courage for someone to fire a shot. Sometimes I want to see what they're going to say. Like I don't need to get those shots out of, you know, when when we're qualifying, we're taking ammo out of other people's guns. I don't know if people know that. That's what we're. Doing. Yeah, yeah. We say the thing we're worried someone's going to say mm -hmm. to us. I don't think people are. Gonna, I'm worried someone's going to kill me, right? But like we say the thing, like oh, I know this is a terrible idea, but we literally say the thing we're fearful as the qualifier. So like to ease the blow. And then if someone says something terrible, we're not upset. I notice I do that with things that I really, really, really like and have conflict around. Mm. Like, I really, 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 I got to say this. I really, really like football. Mm -hmm. I really, I'm a really big Chicago Bears fan. I, and like, <laughs> I, I Just am, own it. Own I've it. Been yeah. For years. 
this is where it's different. I want I want to evidence something though. Like I'm really the only football fan in my family. Mm. Like this wasn't something that was like handed down to wow. me. Like this is something that I like. Ooh, what's in this box? And like you know, like, a little child like skipping through a field and like ooh, I like it. And so like you know, I've grown up loving and watching the sport. Also, you know, spent the last 20, 30 years of my life studying brains, violence, and human behavior. So <laughs> so it's complicated yeah. now, right? Yeah. But I still love football. And and I think that I say things like, don't kill me, but I love football as my way of saying, like, we don't have to talk about how football's bad. Don't worry. I understand. Like, please, just just know that I it's a guilty pleasure. But like in all moments when qualifiers come out, it's something I'm really thinking about. And I'm glad that I'm really glad that my colleague like said something. When we use qualifiers, we disrupt other people's agency hmm. the questions need to be okay the conflicts need to be okay we're allowed to be guarded we're allowed to be vulnerable but i think like it's it's not always easy liking lots of little shiny things because like you, you might like a shiny thing that someone else doesn't like um i think the qualifiers that we use in life mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm just jumping into it though are ways to protect us from where our rocket can go that we can't control. The qualifiers are the way that we use our language to soften blows for ourselves. Mm. The qualifiers are like really sophisticated bumper guards. Like I'm trying to rebrand this as like, it's totally an ADHD behavior. It's totally like a part of like having lowered self-esteem from ADHD, but it's not all bad. Right. But like hot, like I know it's complex. I'm feeling it's getting kind of mushy. Does this make no, sense? No, no, this is making, sorry, I'm just like pausing and I'll own. I think I'm thinking through how many qualifiers I use in a, in a given moment, let alone in a day. I mean, okay, well, what's coming to my mind as you say this is in a way like recognizing, if I'm hearing right, that being able to Well, what I'm thinking, okay, backing up that idea of like when you say the thing you're afraid someone else is going to say is very disarming. And it's actually what I when I remember learning about it, it was from a like a negotiation tactic book. (laughs) That side note is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll put it in the show notes. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but the author calls it an accusational audit. Like when you're going into Mm -hmm. a negotiation, it's like a very effective tool to like be like. So let's, you know, you're afraid they're going to say you're inexperienced, you're young, you're, you know, unskilled. You go, I, I know I may look young, inexperienced, unskilled, but, you know, like you kind of like use it to like, yeah, like disarm that argument. Like it, it's mm-hmm. like a debate tactic or something. But it's interesting because what I think about is how I think it comes from, I'm just going to speak for myself. I think my habit of, preemptively trying to guess how someone is going to negatively judge me or um, make an assumption about me, whether that is something like a hobby I like or a movie, I think like, I feel like I use phrase like, well, like nerd alert or like, I I like say weird things like, Mm -hmm. okay, get ready for me to geek out on you or something. Like I have like little, like, like catchphrases I turn to when I'm about to go into something I've like hyper fixated on or hyper focus on. But I think it also extends to just being like it it comes every time I go, but I don't know. Did that make sense? What do you think? I think it's all these ways I've learned to try and incorporate 
a sense, I don't know how to put it, but I just feel like I've gotten so much feedback in my life that I didn't know about myself first. Does that make sense? Like I'm the last to find that out about myself. And so, yes, because everyone's too nice. Everyone's too nice. And I'm like the last one to realize like, oh, that might be why everyone thinks the thing or says the thing or like, like, I feel like I'm the last to know. And I feel like I'm, I miss a lot. And I know that that's like maybe connected to an attentive type or whatever, but I just feel like I'm the last to know when I've done something wrong or messed up. Right. And I think that my, the the pattern of how I learn and experience my own self-awareness is this feeling like I'm always lagging behind what even like, I feel like I'm well, way more aware of others than I am of myself. And I, and I, we could sit with that too. I think that that's also a neurodivergent thing, right? Is like some challenges in like that yeah. self-appraisal or that sense of like your own mm-hmm. limits. I'm thinking about too, like this, this thing I've been sitting with, especially in myself as a younger person and a little kid, but like that idea that I didn't really know body boundaries very well. I would walk into things all the time, like stuff, stuff like that, that like ties into some of this point is, is I guess what I'm trying to say is even me saying point is, I guess what I'm trying to say is me practicing, trying to put out of like a, almost like a little flare gun to the world to go, Hey, there's oh, yeah. a little bit of, of like awareness. There's a little fin on, I'm not on the rocket, but the fin's like 10 steps back here. The fin is here though, everyone. Don't, don't worry. I, it, it, it's, or it's like, I don't know. I'm picturing like the rocket has like a kite string on it. And it's like, there's a little being holding onto the kite string going like, whoa. Okay, everyone. Don't worry. There's imagine. like just enough self-control and inhibition <laughs> ability that like, I'm not going to go too far. That makes sense. Wait, wait. yes, it does. <laughs> and I, I want to like, I want to join you. Like, I don't want to try to be black and white with qualifiers. Like, qualifiers aren't bad. They're connected to ourselves. Mm. And I think you're really eloquently like talking about like how that's a piece of like, how come I didn't know that? How come I'm finding this out through you? Like, how come people aren't telling me? I think the place where I'm becoming like gaining different awareness of it is when it shows up in secure, safe relationships. Mm. I think. I think qualifiers around checking in of like, am I talking too much? Or, you know, qualifiers around like, did that make sense? Or I think I'm going to sum it up here. They're all awareness pieces around like cues to the listener. They're not like, these aren't terrible things to say like, oh, look at that lowered self-esteem on Brad. <laughs> and being like, like, no, but I think like, Poor Brad. I think it's interesting to think about where we're most vulnerable mm. and what things like, what things like at work. I'm very fortunate to say, like, I don't go to work feeling very guarded. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's incredible privilege that I have to work with people that I, I feel. So, like, the fact that it's coming up there, truly, it's like, like an interesting, like, oh, going back to something we were saying earlier, like, that's not a choice. Like, that's that's part of the behavioral repertoire. That's part of my ADHD destiny. Like, these are the things that I'm going to have to gain awareness of. That's the brain starting to talk before I had the thought coming out. Of my yeah, mouth. But like, yeah. But it's but it's so ingrained into parts of us. If if we think about it as a symptom, it feels gross. If I think about it as a behavior, I feel better. <laughs> well, what if you even thought of it? Well, it's interesting because behavior is like a neutral thing, right? Like on its own, it just is. It's like, well, that's just something. This is the thing I do. It's not necessarily a problem. It's not necessarily a strength. It's just like a thing. And like, okay. This is my dunking the basketball behavior. Yeah. This is my crying in the corner behavior. It's just a it's thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. 
Well, I guess, okay, so let me just pause because I feel like I've lost the plot in my own head a few times. Sorry. So, okay, qualifiers, also neutral, like similar to, and what, what are qualifiers? Qualifiers are the judgment you make out loud about the thing <laughs> before you say the thing or after you say or do the thing, right? So it's like the out loud, I'm thinking of like, Okay, I'm going to play a song for you, but I wrote it really fast. Uh, I was drunk at the time, and so, yeah, don't worry about it. It's like all the things you do to minimize or dampen. Like when you say it's like the bumpers, it's like that moment where you're like, don't kill me. I mean, you're flat out saying, I mean, in a jokey way, (laughs) right? Because these are people you love and trust, but you're also signaling, hey, 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 no harm meant, no harm meant, you know, no fight intended. Ah, like, like, like you're showing your, your soft underbelly, right? So I think of like qualifiers also as if a way to signal vulnerability, vulnerability alert, vulnerability alert, like something vulnerable is about to happen. Just letting you know, oh, we say it and it's jokey or we say it and it's like coded. It's interesting because I feel it feels like you're saying, okay, well, we it's, it's adaptive. It's protective. We, we we're throwing out our own bumper like our own bumper guards out there because we're softening mm-hmm. all these blows, potentially sparing ourselves rejection and hurt. And if I'm hearing right, it sounds like you're saying also the fact we qualify things is not a choice. Like that is all like the qualifying itself, not just the behaviors that are just oops there and they're neutral. It's the qualifier is another behavior that's just neutral and you're going to do it. And so just maybe practice noticing that how it works for you when you're with people you love and care about. Yes. Wait, that's, that's the, that's the one thing. Like it's this thing that happens. We know it's automatic because it's happening in a place where I wouldn't want it to happen. So what I know about is if I want to change something, mm-hmm. yeah, it helps if you, first of all, you know, go ahead and get an undergraduate degree in psychology, then a graduate degree in psychology it helps you change. <laughs> no, just kidding. But like, like the <laughs> or first not thing I do david is, or to be fair or, or not, not. Do like i mean you can do all that and it's, yeah. yeah we're all we're all on this <laughs> but the first the first thing i know that that we do to change behavior is we observe it mm. we just have to notice something for it to change and so like this is my way of like bringing awareness to something i'm doing not that i need people to hold me accountable or check in on that or discover it while i'm talking like t- not not needed <laughs> like like I'm driving. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think like, you know, it's also around how, when, what environments I don't want to do it, where, where qualifiers might get in the way of my intent. Hmm. Yeah. Like when, when, or, well, it's interesting because maybe not even intimacy, but also just thinking, you know, it's like that idea of like, you know, Toastmasters or something, right? Like, let's say you're trying to practice the skill of speaking in front of people. Like part of the practice is also practicing kind of setting some limits around how much you're going to create qualifiers. Like, okay, so this is a total tangent, but I was, um, I'm learning how to play pickleball. I feel like we talked about this. And my friend slash, she's like my coach in my brain. She's such a great teacher. And she's the person who's like introduced me to it. It's really fun. And early on in the game, like I was playing a game and I just kind of kept, and 
I played tennis a long time ago, not well at all, but just enough for it to make my pickleball game hilarious, where it's like, you got to like relearn all the skills and do them the opposite way you learned them. So like, you just that's what I love about it. It's like, I'm going to be so clunky. And I was walking around talking about how clunky I was. And she paused and she goes, you have nothing to apologize for. And also just when you apologize a lot, it takes the fun out because everyone is kind of like, more worried about like, oh, like, are you okay? When like, I don't think that's what you mean. She, she said it in a much better way than I'm putting it. Like in such a kind way, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like when I spend a lot of time qualifying and in a way, just sometimes it, to me, it, it feels like I'm also trying to make myself smaller when I do a lot of qualifiers. Like I'm trying to take whatever I'm saying and I'm trying to like, but it's really not that big a deal. And also it's not, I don't mean it. And then, and then I'm really like stepping back and smalling and shrinking whatever value or point or thought or idea I have, you know, like, and it just, it's like, I'm not letting it just be in a way. It's like, I don't trust, trust that I could handle it just being, but on another level, it's also that like, I'm taking away the chance for somebody to just accept it, you know? Anyway, I say this to say is like, I just was like, I'm just going to accept my pickleball game for what it is. And I did have so much more fun. So it's like, I, I don't know if it's, that's just about emotional intimacy. I think it can also connect to like, just like how you feel in the world. You're, you're an expert in this. So I'm, if I'm saying this <clears throat> wrong, right. Like, <laughs> it's play. And I need to have like a level of safety or intimacy to be able to play. Yes. And also, I love that you said I'm an expert in that because, you know, I immediately went, oh, inside. But you are. I know, but it's funny that that's we're talking about qualifiers. (laughs) And the second you use a word like that, I'm like, oh, but but you're not wrong. Exactly. Yes, that is a requirement. Well, not a requirement. It's a. It's a common, commonly understood precondition to engage in that play behavior. <laughs> like, absolutely. You know, yeah. Like, you need to have a sense of emotional safety and some kind, and usually, yeah, some sort of social engagement to that degree. Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to play. It's so hard to play when you're busy going, don't, don't hurt me, don't kill me. <laughs> right. Because other people are like, I wouldn't dream of it. I wouldn't dream of it. I wouldn't, you know, even like over and over again. <laughs> and like, I think it, I think it's like a little assault on the, like I'm using all the wrong words, maybe, but like fantasy or intimacy or like, you know, what you're saying, the precondition. Mm-hmm. Like it's, like I'm farting in the waiting room. Like no one, no one likes that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a great metaphor. Because yeah, it's kind of like you know what it is. It's like the two dogs that are about to play, and they both do their cute little play bow, and they're like, "Hee hee hee!" Here's my tail. Do you want to play? Do you want to play? And if one of the dogs went, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," like they're not in play anymore. They're just going, "Oh, oh, oh, I, 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 nah. And like, I guess it. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to like when you say sorry to an inanimate object. And you have that moment. I do this all the time. I bump into things. I do that all I the time. I say sorry to like objects, probably sometimes more than the people, which is sad. But like, it's that moment of like recognizing like, well, what? <laughs> I, why am I apologizing for like existing in space? You know, like, like I do think there is a level at which it like so many habits, I think, 
perhaps it served you at some point or it serves you in some situations and it was so adaptive and it was so your friend, but also have you outgrown it? Is there room to like, I don't know, I guess, what would you do? Cause what I'm thinking about is like how hard it is just to stop doing something, but how great it is to actually replace it with something more fun. <laughs> like how much easier it was for me to play pickleball because I had a like someone turning to me going, you don't need to do that. And then after every play, we would just give each other like a smile or like hit our little pickleball rackets or whatever together. And like that was more fun. So it would like there, there was something else I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Like what's something else I could yes. do when I'm about to like try to take up less space? <laughs> this is so hard. But like the thing that I'm thinking about for me is curiosity. Hmm. Say more, David. I'm curious about what's going to happen. I need to not know what's going to happen. If I'm throwing out the qualifier, I'm certain someone's going to say something. Right? Mm -hmm. What if I can just be curious about what they're going to say? And I can handle it then when it happens. I don't need it to like... In some pl in some places, I'm sorry. Like on this on this podcast, I'm gonna qualify a plazu. Like I'm gonna give you the authority because you have it, you deserve it. Like I'm gonna like, <laughs> ooh, ooh did, I, did I go a little too far? Like, but I need those like redirections and those measures. But I do think that there are places in my life with close friends, you know, colleagues, with that like it does get in the way of our ability to play and fantasize. And and it's interesting because like you're the second person to say. Like when you're saying, I'm sorry, or you're doing that, that you're getting smaller. Like I've heard a theme around that this, this week around mm. like people getting smaller like that. And I think that um, it's interesting what we do to try to take up less space or fit into boxes that we don't need to fit into. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I know if I say I like football, I know the kind of box lots of people will put me in. So if I say, oh, don't hate me. I know, I know, I know. I like football. All of a sudden, you got to put it in a different box. Oh. Yeah. Like, what if, oh, sorry. That's just, like, really hitting me. That's really powerful. Because in a way, you're saying, well, it feels like I crossed into, like, philosophy land in my brain. So I'm just crossed, like, a crossed a river and now I'm over in this land where when you qualify something, you're cutting off the chance to just be curious and play and see and be live in the unexpected and live in the novel and in the unknown. That really is like in my bones right now. That's blowing my mind, right? It's that idea of like fear and curiosity can, like cannot coexist. The opposite of fear is curiosity and side note, we can mm -hmm. backtrack that like to the like the opposite of survival or depression is play. <laughs> yeah, um, wait, but that it yeah, is true, right? Play. Like it's, so, it's like yeah. impossible to be fearful and like fully fearful and fully curious at the same time. Like I'm not suggesting it's just a non-off switch, but like there's a big gap that forms when you start to get curious in your fear. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. 
If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in two weeks.